Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. First Contact with Lori Siegel is a production of Dot 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 Media and iHeartRadio. The last chance to pull people back from this digital bubble is now. If people don't do it now, it's gone. Right? There's going to be a moment where you're going to go into a 100% digital state for a period of time because of a version of a corona or some kind of a disaster. And you're going to see, and if you like it, there is no reason for you to come back. The stigma is going to slowly disappear. From the guy who's currently living in digital bubble land, right? Right. I mean, I am isolated. I'm isolated with other people. I'm in a bubble. Even the guards who I used to chat with and who I adore had masks on are giving me distance. So there's warmth and interaction, but it's all digital. This is a special edition of First Contact. I'm super excited. We are broadcasting from Deer Valley in Utah. I'm at a conference that's a bit of a who's who of media, and someone pulled me aside and said, I've got to tell you about a trend. A lot of people here are talking about coronavirus. A lot of people, obviously, everywhere are talking about coronavirus. I think there's a lot of fear of the unknown right now. And a well-known venture capitalist who I've known for many, many years pulled me aside and he said, I got to talk to you about a trend we're seeing that, you know, this idea of isolation tech, which I thought was fascinating. Um, You know, this, this idea that people are spending more time alone and craving connection and turning online in these really unique ways. And I believe the term cloud clubbing was used. And I just thought, oh my goodness. So that brings me to our next guest, Xander Shapiro. He's an entrepreneur living in Beijing. And Xander, you are currently in Beijing right now. It's it's 6 p.m. my time, but it's 9 a.m. your time? 
Yep. Good morning. I'm enjoying my, my morning coffee. Great. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I'm getting used to uh, working at home, not just on an occasional basis, but for every day for the last uh, over four weeks. Yeah. I mean, I guess let's start with that. How's it been? It's been really good. I was surprised. It's The isolation has, I guess, its pluses and minuses. Um, the isolation is kind of weird because you're being isolated from other people. So you can go outside and take a walk. You can take a bicycle ride, which is always a good idea in Beijing. But you shouldn't congregate with people. And even when you're eating meals, the government says no more than three people at one table. Wow. I want to get into that. Give us a little bit of a background on on you. You're originally from New York. I know you worked at Spotify for for a bit. Uh, give us a little bit of you know why you're actually there in Beijing. Yeah, I was working originally in technology and in investment banking, and I eventually switched over into branding, uh, especially because I found that some of the developments in telecommunications weren't as interesting and as human-oriented as I'd like them to be. So I went over into branding and marketing, and I got a call when I was uh, working out of Germany if I would like to work for a media and marketing company called DMG in China. And I knew nothing about China. They made a really uh, attractive offer. And I, I came to Beijing nine years ago, which uh, for me was a, well, I'll check it out. If I like it, I'll stay. And I did. So I've been doing all kinds of work with technology brands, and with consumer brands, with marketing, both digital and classical, uh, for the last nine years and really enjoying my life here in Beijing. So tell me a little bit about what the last couple months have been like for you as someone who's been living there. How, you know, what, what's been the feel? And, and I want to get into kind of this new phrase that, that I'm hearing kind of in the inside baseball tech circles of isolation tech. But what's been the biggest change over the last couple months? And how are you feeling? Well, I mean, there's obviously fear, which is something that, especially being a foreigner, you get used to. Uh, the fear of the unknown. Uh, will I be allowed to stay in China? Will something happen between China and the U.S.? There's been a lot of rhetoric, especially under Trump. But this time around, it was fear of me getting sick, getting so sick I could die with a virus that people didn't really know that much about, even though in the end of the day, viruses aren't unknown. And even coronaviruses have been around for a while. However, there was constant reminder of a growing number of infected people and a growing number of people that were dying. And on a practical level, I was simply told I was not allowed to go to work. I could not go to my office. I could not go to any large gatherings, no movie theaters. I wasn't allowed to go to bars. I wasn't allowed to go to clubs. I wasn't allowed to go to a football stadium, which is down the block from my favorite team, Kuan. So it was very, very strange and very isolating. And there's a lot of news, of course, on social media in China through Weixin. There's a lot of chatter going on in Facebook and Instagram. So it was very, very confusing. And in the beginning, I felt very, very unsure. Yeah, I mean... Is there any picture you could paint? Yeah, no, I think it's very weird because the people who work in my building suddenly were all wearing masks. Yeah. They asked to take my temperature. If for some reason I had taken my mask off to look for my keys or for something, or the masks are very hot and uncomfortable, one of the guys who knows me for years and is always super friendly wouldn't leave his house, which he mm -hmm. sits in while he, he guards the front door and sort of takes this look at me like, how dare you not wear a mask? Every time I wanted to go into a store, again, mask on, temperature checked. 
Um, it's just, it's a very weird feeling of, of distance. People are told not to stand close to other people. And what's crazy is that Beijing is such a warm and people-driven city. It's, the streets are always full. It reminded me of New York when I first came here. It's one of the reasons why I felt so comfortable was that the city never really sleeps. You can always get something to eat. You can always go out. You can always talk with people. People are very straightforward and direct. Their dialect uh, is very charming. So there's a very kind of a rough and bustling feeling to the city. It's always very much alive. And suddenly, the streets are empty. Mm. The skies are incredibly blue because there's no more pollution. People are suddenly not looking at you and questioning you in their typical friendly way. They're suddenly looking at you and wondering from afar. So all that intimacy, all that hustle and bustle, all that grit, all that movement suddenly disappeared. And Beijing became this incredibly calm, quiet, beautiful, clean air and skies. Just a very, very tranquil place in comparison to the way that it was. And it's very, very eerie. Again, I think the other issue, too, is online, it was presented by the government as we Chinese, we are fighting a war. We are bonding together against this virus. And so it's a very scary feeling to have this notion that China is mobilizing. Uh, and especially for you as a foreigner, I stand out. If I don't wear my mask, people will come and scold me and tell me to put my mask on. So you start to have this feeling of, of isolation, not only because of the virus, which doesn't allow you to get in contact with the friends you've developed and the closeness you have to the city. But suddenly, as a foreigner, you're seen as, hey, you have to follow our rules now. You have to work with us. Yeah, this is kind of difficult. And also, of course, the news media, whether it's being pushed on uh, propaganda channels owned by the government or from my friends and colleagues, a lot, a lot of fear. We must do this. We have to hold together. This sort of felt very much like propaganda. It felt very one-dimensional. And this is one of the things, obviously, that I'm scared about in China in general, as well as just the virus. And I think those psychological issues and that kind of isolation was really, really hard in the beginning, especially. And, and so you have this, as you're kind of describing this, like you have this almost beautiful, eerie, ominous on the outside, like picture you've painted. And then you have more and more people spending time alone in their homes and wary of each other and, and worried about this virus and getting sick. And something else is happening, which is people are turning online in a way and China has always been ahead when it comes to these online communities. But something really interesting is happening. Um, so I'm hearing, at least from my tech contacts, um, which is people are connecting online and these trends that we were already kind of seeing a little bit, but have just been magnified by what's been happening. Um, so tell me what, what you're seeing and how are people kind of connecting? Yeah, no, it's kind of strange because China is already hyper uh, digital. I leave my house. I don't carry a wallet. So whenever I go home to New York, it's always weird because I have to suddenly carry a wallet again. So there's ubiquitous platforms like WeChat or, or the Chinese version of uh, pretty much all of our messaging platforms that's used by everybody. And so suddenly, instead of having this feeling of, hmm, I guess I shouldn't be spending so much time on my phone. I really got to try to get out more, do more things, you know, try to control my use of technology. Now I'm fully in it. So everything is going over my social media channels. Everything is going over my messaging platforms. I used to go to the gym on a regular basis. I loved my gym. Mm -hmm. Like the people that were in it, it was in a really beautiful location. And now I'm working out at home. 
I'm ordering food in and cooking more. So Chinese love to cook. So there's some issues about the ability of fast food chains to survive because people here in China, when they're at home, actually cook. So ordering tremendous amounts of fruits and vegetables and meats to their homes. And there's great services here in China, even to get directly in contact with smaller farmers. So all my friends now are starting to contact me. So the coldness outside is being replaced by a social media warmth. People are asking me, am I okay? What am I doing? Can I help them with things that they're writing? Can we do sports or exercise together digitally? And of course, listening to music. I have a friend who's a DJ who's been helping me with a project who's, and her fame is growing and growing. And she tells me about a new concert that she's giving online. So she goes to huge clubs across uh, Asia and growing success in the US. And now she's gonna do a DJ set as part of a digital club offered by QQ Music, which is the leading music provider in China and owned by Tencent. And so I'm able to join that basically digital disco and listen to her music and her set, catch the set of other DJs, catch the comments from people, catch videos, upload pictures. And then suddenly I'm able to do sports at home, eat at home, hang out with friends at home, be able to enjoy music and play at home. So it's starting to change everything dramatically. And I don't feel guilty now for spending so much time on my phone or on my laptop because that's just what you can do. That's the way things are. We just totally dig into all of this because all of the things you're saying are so fascinating, right? Like this idea that people are like going, I I think that the term that, that someone said was cloud clubbing. So I think a lot of these services, whether it's cloud clubbing or exercise get a home by numerous digital platforms has been out there for a while and it's been slowly growing. As you know, electronic gaming is huge in groups. But once you're unable to go out and meet with friends and there's a very clear restriction, then these opportunities go from fun and nice to have to essential. So for me, it was really nice. I could say, wow, I'm going to have this really awesome experience. I'm not going to be isolated. I'm going to hear these really cool DJs. I'm going to be able to pop in comments, read the comments from other people, upload videos or pictures, be part of this community. I can click people that have comments that I like. The comments are coming in in all different languages from all over China and all over Europe. And so it's a pretty cool experience, again, in relationship to me watching a video that I'm streaming or me just listening to music. How does it actually work? Like, um, take me to, to, I mean, I don't mean to, to, to kind of dig into it, but like, what are you dancing at home? Like, like, what is it? Right. So I think for me, because uh, it's electronic music. Yeah, so there's a lot, from my perspective, I'm in a nice, comfortable chair. I'm moving my body and, and bobbing my head as I'm listening to the music. So this is the other funny thing. So uh, I can dance or I can jump around and take a little video, but I want to comment to people. I want to share pictures. So this is, again, the situation you can sort of just rock out if you want, but you can also interact with other people. If you're going to interact, you need to type. So if you need to type, you need to sit down or you need to be sort of standing as we all are used to with our with our smartphones. So it's a bit of, of a combination. Um, I think also for me, dancing by myself is fun for a couple of minutes, but at some point I get a lot more of my sports, as I mentioned earlier, watching a video of a Pilates instructor from New York or a yoga instructor from Hawaii or a hit trainer from Shanghai. So that tends to be more my thing. I like looking out my window, having my headphones on. I can eat the snacks that I want to have. I can hang out. I can also invite friends to come and do this with me. Then it's more of a dance. When I'm here with my uh, 
girlfriend Brigitte, then we can dance together. Then it's more fun. But sort of dancing by myself, I, I prefer to sort of sit in chair and sway and enjoy the beats and type to people and share things digitally while I'm enjoying the music. And have you noticed more of your friends doing a lot of this since the coronavirus, since a lot of this stuff started happening? Yeah, of course. And I think what you're always doing is you're looking for ways to share fun stuff with your friends. So when I heard about this concert, of course, I share it with my friends. I shared it with our mutual friend in New York. So he really got into the idea. And so you're always looking for fun things to share. It's like things to have a conversation about online. So when I meet with people in real life, we chat about what we're up to, what we're doing. So I've got to find those similar things. So being able to join these kinds of events and the events provide a lot of cool images which you can download, it becomes a nice conversation topic. I can then share tunes from one of the DJs I heard about um, and listen to them afterwards. So it's a nice way of integrating your life. But the crazy thing is that this cloud clubbing experience I have is occurring about 15, 20 feet from where I sit and do my work. So I haven't stopped working, and actually I've been working pretty efficiently. So the place where I'm doing conference calls and writing documents and editing and brainstorming, et cetera, is also the space where I'm doing my sports, where I'm grooving out to my favorite DJs or where I'm chatting with people. So things start to float together. And I like to view out my window because it reminds me of exactly where I am. But these kinds of separations between work and play and sports and sleep start to melt together. And I've enjoyed that, but I'm not sure that's always necessarily helpful for all people. And I've heard that from friends. Some of them are able to work even more efficiently at home, and other people are having more issues getting motivated. Okay, we've got to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. More with my guest after the break. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So you've kind of described like how play has changed for you. I mean, it just sounds like it's just not around other people to a degree. Uh, do you do you miss human connection? Like, do you miss being at a dance club and dancing with other people? Do you miss that? Yeah, no, I totally do. And that's the eerie thing is that it, it doesn't feel the same. It feels different. It feels good. I mean, it's really nice to be connected. It's great to have a super productive conference call with your client because everybody's totally focused on the call because there will be no physical meeting, not between you and the client and not between the client and the other members of the team. So real decisions have to be made. So you can listen to people much more carefully. People are taking your documents more seriously. We've got to make a decision on this call. We've, you know, we're on Zoom, we're sharing documents. This has to come to something. So that's a good feeling, but it's not the same feeling of seeing that reaction on somebody's face. Yeah. I mean, I kind of read the message I got tweeted, cloud clubbing, clubbing from your living room during virus restrictions, an extension of Peloton to DJs and going out. With nightclubs closed and music events canceled for the foreseeable future, a number of DJs and clubs in China turning to cloud clubbing. Cloud clubbing is where people can go watch live DJ sets and send in messages to give them the feeling that they're in the club. The cloud clubbing events usually take place in apps, you know, like China's TikTok. I mean, it's fascinating to me, um, you know, just the, the culture change that is likely happening because of that. And, and the and they almost it feels like the, what you're discussing and what you're talking about uh, so casually just feels like an alternative universe. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it, it's you're isolated. So just imagine if you couldn't meet with your friends, you couldn't go out to public places, you had to do everything on your own. So one of the great things for people that are traditionally isolated, people that have physical issues, people that have issues with their weight, people that are scared of crowds. There's a large number of people that are already extremely isolated in our society. So things like social media, things like digital worlds allow them a alternative to the classic social lives that we lead. In places like Japan, these kinds of trends have already gone to extremes. There are people who are already very seldom leave their rooms or their homes. And I think there are a lot of negative sides to all of this. However, it's an interesting experiment. And I think that Beijing and Shanghai and obviously cities like Wuhan and Guangzhou that are much more affected by the virus are excellent, excellent laboratories for people to see what's happened. And I hope that researchers and reporters spend time when this is all over, because it will most likely end, and to check out what happens. What happens when people aren't able to congregate in traditional patterns? What are the positive and negative issues? I don't know what happens in a place like New York when there's a blackout and people shouldn't go outside. But very often in those kinds of situations, the technology also doesn't work. The interesting situation here is that all of the digital networks are working perfectly. All the systems are working perfectly. The only issue is this unseen virus, which is out there, encouraging you to stay inside. So again, I think if especially if you have somebody to stay with or a small group of people that you can see on a, on a periodic basis, it's kind of an interesting world. I love how you describe it as like an experiment. Like when all this is over, like 
what experiment did we just do? Like, what do you think this moment represents for technology? Because this has always been out there. Like this idea of like kind of, you know, we've had second life in the past. We've had this idea and, and people in tech are talking about augmented reality, virtual reality, living in these virtual worlds, like Peloton, right? Like this idea of even working out with people and, you know, and having people in the background and you're kind of virtually working out with other folks. Like this is not, you know, this idea of personal tech, like this isn't new, but something about this and something about this world that you're painting for us and this picture that you're describing of your life right now as you sit there kind of isolated from from other people, it certainly seems like an interesting experiment as to where we could be going and where some of these trends are. And like, I don't know where we go, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think if, if you take off the parental guidance of your teenager, your child who just loves to chat all day with their friends and spend time on their laptop. What if you just let them go for a week and they never left the room and you brought them food? It would change everything. And I think this is also, we spend time trying to control ourselves. No, don't go out with your friends and look at your phone the entire time. We, we try to control the encroachment of, of digital technologies on our life. But when this quarantine happened, suddenly you stopped doing that. Right. So you're just like, okay, I'm in the digital world now. I no longer say to myself, Shapiro, put down your phone and go outside. Like, hey, go meet with your friends. So it's all of a sudden, that's all gone. So there's no longer an excuse or a push or a rationalization to take yourself out of the tech. So you just fall into it. You say, well, this is my life right now. So I don't have to go down the hall and talk with Lily or with Liang or the other members of my team. I can just chat with them. So all of a sudden, all those physical means that we normally use to interact with people, to have experiences, to go out and explore are gone. So we use the digital alternatives. We take them much more seriously. We carefully look at it. So suddenly I started to explore apps that I said, do I really need another app? Do I really need more digital in my life? Now it's like, hell yeah, give me more digital. I've got to find more fun things to do. I've got to find new ways to communicate with my friends and my clients. So something which I tried to keep to like three or four hours a day, boom, it's eight hours a day. I think it's an interesting experiment. And I think, again, instead of just fearing it, people need to sort of imagine an experiment with what would happen if they didn't go out for a week. If they didn't interact with their friends. What are the, the positives and the negatives and how they can manage it better? Because there's obviously a dark side to it. There are people that can completely disconnect or have largely disconnected from society. And without that push or that feeling that this isn't really a good thing, that there are side effects, it becomes a difficulty. I had to take this to you, right? Like we're speaking so broadly about this. Like what about you? You're spending more and more time online. As you talk about in this isolation state, you're, you are the experiment right now. You are living the experiment. What's the negative impact for you? Yeah, I think the, the negative impact for me is that I stop really planning ahead. I stop questioning. I really like a flow lifestyle. I tend to work towards that anyway. Dealing with issues as they come, I'm extremely critical. It's part of my job, doing strategy to constantly question things. But I start doing it at a much, much higher rate. And I've also stopped filtering as much. So when I see information that I really like digitally, I comment right away now. This is really great. Wow, this is awesome. Thanks for sharing. And when I see things that are superficial or that I feel to be ill-informed, when I catch friends in the States, 
making fun of the coronavirus or silly jokes. I start defriending them. So all of a sudden, I start taking a lot of the things on social media and digitally a lot more seriously. I start pulling them apart more um, because it's become so much more important. And I, in the past, I would say, well, that was just silly. Let it slide. Somebody's just posting something dumb on social media. People don't think on a regular basis. Oh, that person's not very critical. They're just cutting and pasting because they feel they need to make a post. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, no, it's not okay to post useless, superficial, or hurtful things. And I'm, I don't want to flame this person. I don't even want them on my stream anymore. So it's, it's interesting. I've started to disconnect myself from people that I feel don't post quality things, don't know how to write a proper message, aren't really dealing with things. And then I've seen other people who have responded, whether it's in the US or here in China, who have been very, very thoughtful, who have reached out in very constructive, intelligent ways. And I'm starting now because I'm so dependent on this stream to edit out anything that isn't of a certain quality level. And I think that's obviously going to affect my, my diversity. It's made me much more critical and focused, and I think to some extent more extreme digitally when it becomes such an important aspect of my life. It's almost like, um, you know, we're having this conversation about technology and how we really need to moderate our use and take a step back from it. And it's almost like you just like swallowed the red pill, right? Like you just like yeah. went all the way in. Uh, and this is kind yeah. of your your mechanism to to survive this moment. Yeah, I used to go out and do sports all the time. Now I don't go out and do sports. I do everything in my living room. There's so much stuff online for sports. It's like, amazing. What do, you, what do you do? Like, can you just like paint a picture? Like, can you give us like a, a visual image of what your day looks like in your home? Right. So the, the most important thing is when you're in this sort of cocoon phase is to jumpstart your morning, right? So yeah. I get out of bed, got to sing a little song to myself, jump up and down, make noises, got to say, okay, now the day is starting, throw up all, all the curtains. I've been doing a lot of Pilates and yoga first thing in the morning, which I never did before. So I hate the morning. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm not going to go to the gym first thing in the morning. But Brigitte and I wake up. We drink our coffee. We try to do yoga or Pilates right away because yoga and Pilates are made for an apartment. Mm -hmm. So the videos and the sports that we can do have to be carefully made for uh, a space which fits in with our living room. We have we open up the shades, we look outside, we can open up the windows, but we get into that. We can do an hour, we can do uh, 90 minutes, we can do two or three different videos. We like to find people that have funny accents. So we found this woman who's a Pilates instructor in Australia, and she always says, noise. Yeah, and we have the, a guy in New York who's motivating us to get going. Uh, there's people from Japan, there's people from China who are talking and helping you through. There's an old uh, yoga instructor named Rodney Yee who does a, a yoga class on top of a, a hill in Hawaii. It's a very, very, very different experience. Then, of course, you've got to take your shower and then slide checking your phone after you've turned it off because you're working out. All of a sudden, there's messages. Clients want to speak with you. You have to organize phone calls. You have to organize meetings. You have to look at work. And then that goes into that flow. Um, then somehow we figure out when it's time for lunch, when our flow of digital information calms down and we both find a good spot. We can then turn our phones off and try to enjoy a lunch. But of course, then suddenly the phone little buzzes. So this issue of your free time, talking with your partner, enjoying your meals, enjoying your spare time all flows together. So I'm answering messages from friends, from colleagues, from clients, from strangers who are contacting me through other friends who want to know how I'm doing, who are asking me questions, all very, very elegantly flows together. And I think that's the scary part is that the day goes by really fast. Mm. 
right? So there's almost no period of time when I'm like super bored. There's not a period of time where there's something missing. So it just all flows together. And then suddenly it's, it goes from being nine in the morning when I start working or nine thirty or 10 to one o'clock and then having some lunch, which slows things down. And then boom, it's suddenly six or seven. And then we stop for dinner. We can go out for a walk, play some Frisbee outside. But again, it's just the two of us. When we come back, we can spend time looking at entertainment together, listening to music together, but it all flows together. The day goes by really, really quickly. So digital time for me, especially if you're doing something interesting, is much, much faster. So what, suddenly the days have flown by. What do you think about this term isolation technology? Yeah, it is. I mean, I am isolated. I'm isolated with other people. I'm in a bubble, but I'm not going out and talking to people. So I'm isolated here in my apartment. I don't receive visitors. If somebody brings me a package, the package has to be left at the door. I'm not allowed to interact with people. I don't really thank the delivery guy like I used to. I don't chat with him like I used to. So it's me in my bubble requesting things, looking at things, interacting with things, but there's no people. Like I said, even the guards who I used to chat with and who I adore had masks on are giving me distance. So there's warmth and interaction, but it's all digital. So it changes everything. And so, as you know, digital technologies are always a watered down or disrupted version of our real life. So a real conversation is much more impactive than a digital conversation. So there's all these multiple flows of much softer, much less impactful conversation. So it creates this, this very dreamlike flow in your life. And there's not as much ups and downs as you would have in the real life where expressions or tastes or interactions are much more powerful. So here suddenly things are much softer. Things are much more gliding together. If something doesn't work, I can quickly slide into something else. I can ask things. I'm not really looking at time the same way. I'm looking at more in terms of blocks, but not really in terms of a larger concept. Everything is relatively easy to do. I can quickly establish a call. I can quickly order food. But the level of impact and effectiveness or the amount of emotions I feel with each experience is much less. But it's just a lot more. Okay, we've got to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. More with my guest after the break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Do you worry uh, that in some of this, like cloud clubbing, or I think someone used the, the term Peloton discotheque or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you describe that really quick for us? Yeah, no, I think for me, uh, having this sort of Peloton discotheque concept in life where you're just having these experiences with other individuals from far flung locations creates this feeling that the world is like your digital concierge. It should bring you things. The more you pay, the higher level of service you have. The more you pay, the more features you get. And why not have music services brought to you by Peloton? Why not have other social interactions? So this is always the dream, and I suppose is justifying the valuations, is the Peloton screen should do more for me. Right now, after staying at home, I want the videos and the experiences I pull from YouTube. I want more. What if I want to pay for somebody to provide a service to me via that video screen as Peloton? I want to upgrade it. I want it to go into other areas. And I think that's the scary part. You know, why go out and listen and experience or take a, a one-on-one class or a lesson with somebody when I can have many more experiences digitally? So that all that time spent traveling and all the rest disappears. I mean, for me, it was a real shock that Peloton was so successful after SoulCycle and all these other locations were showing such a strong growth as well. Why would somebody who's successful and wealthy want to sit in their living room and spin when they could go to a really cool class downtown? But now I found out why. I mean, you understand it now in a new way, you think? Yeah, no, I totally do. So I get to do more lower quality things. <laughs> and so I, I can't imagine that being on a Peloton is better than going to a kick-ass soul cycle class. Yeah. I mean, I've tried both and I'd rather be in a soul cycle class. Right. But what I do appreciate now is the ability to get out of my bed, go into the living room, do an amazing workout. I, I can then get through. I can then have the kinds of beverages and the food that's super healthy and slide right into work. And it's all super seamless. Now, if I have to get up, I have to go out to the gym, 
right? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to have this intense gym experience, but then I'm probably going to go out and eat at a restaurant afterwards. I'm probably not going to eat as healthy food. The entire experience is probably going to be four hours, five hours. If I had kept it all at home, it'd probably all be about two hours. So I can do much more by never leaving my house now if I have the resources and the finances and the knowledge that I have. I mean, so the relationship with time changes, your relationship with people change. What do you think is the biggest thing that's getting lost during this whole digital experiment that you seem to be swimming in? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm obviously losing time just by myself. So even though I'm isolated, I'm constantly connected. So that walk that I take now by myself or with Birgit is really important because I get to disconnect yeah. and not constantly react, which I think is really important, just the need to just do nothing. So even though I'm isolated, I'm not doing nothing. I'm constantly playing with devices. I've gotten into this digital world totally. And it's really important to turn off. So I've lost a lot of that turn off time, which I thought would have happened more. Uh, and, is. and I think it's important periodically to be a bit bored, to just see what happens, to stumble into things. And I think now our digital worlds are so algorithm that we don't really just stumble upon things anymore. We hear about things from friends. We search for things and our searches are 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 pushed and pulled in different directions. So that ability to sort of like go through a flea market and see what happens, walk down the street and randomly things jump out at you. There's a kitten, there's a stranger, there's an old lady singing. That's all gone. So everything feels very, very much put inside of a of an algorithm-driven channel for me where things are organized by other people. And that kind of spontaneity doesn't exist online anymore. It doesn't exist digitally anymore. People know my patterns. I can see it now. So it's just the more and more you spend, the more and more your devices learn, the more and more you lean into them, you just start flowing into these patterns of behavior, which are really scary. I mean, they're nice. It's like fast food, but it's really, really You find yourself just taking these easier digital paths instead of exploring new things. I can't help but think we had a we had Professor Moran Surf on First Contact um, in an episode called like Hacking Your Brain to Order Dreams on Demand. And it was a fascinating episode. And, you know, I asked him, what do you think is the single most important ethical issue coming down the pipeline? And he said, young people, as they grow up, he's like, people are going to stop having, I think he said something along the lines of like, aren't going to have sexual relationships anymore. Like people are going to stop connecting in like a sexual way. Um, and so I guess I think about this from what you're talking about with the rise of isolation tech. You talk about having a girlfriend and and it sounds like you're lucky that you have a girlfriend during this and that you guys can spend a lot of time together in what has, seems like a very isolating, scary, lonely time uh, in China. But you, we talk about cloud clubbing, right? This weird concept, but it sounds like millions. And if you look at some of the stats, and there's been some writing on this, millions of people are showing up in these virtual clubs to spend time with one another and comment, but no one's touching. Like, no one's hugging. No one's making out, right? Like, I yep. mean, you know, physical connection is the thing that seems to be lost in some of this digital overdose. So... Do you worry that uh, as we, you know, and, and hopefully we will get through this scary time, but do you worry that with the rise of this, and this is kind of like this microcosm for this moment of digital and what's kind of coming down the pipeline, and maybe this is just putting this out there in a bigger way, but like, do you worry that that maybe as we see this trend happening, like we're all going to be spending time with one another, but not being with each other and having intimacy? No, I, mean, I totally agree. And I think it's already happening. 
So if you look at, as I mentioned before, countries like Japan, even here in China and the U.S., rates of just having sex are going down. People are no longer as intimate as they used to be with the whole Me Too movement in the States. I can also assume that these kinds of sexual interactions are becoming much more fraught. It's just easier not to do it. And now with all the digital alternatives through pornography or other forms of sexual expression digitally, it's going to push it even farther. So this is, again, for me, extremely frightening. I mean, I, I grew up in the 70s, and I'm used to as much physical contact as I can possibly muster with the people that I, that, that I adore and playing sports like basketball in New York. That's all going away. And it's going to continue. And in this, the situation with the coronavirus just exacerbates it. I think what's interesting, again, is that we used to always joke when I was growing up that there's always one day of the year when you're an alcoholic where you're not an alcoholic anymore. And that's, of course, on New Year's Eve. Uh, there are a lot of people that just don't find it comfortable or easy to be with other people, that don't find it comfortable to be social. And right now, for them, it's like New Year's Eve. They have no stigma. They can stay at home the whole day. They can have no physical interaction. I've also heard over the years that I've been here where people know colleagues that don't really want to go to rooms or talk with people. They're, they're, they're messaging people that are in a cubicle 20 feet away from them, having intense conversations, which I've seen. So I think that isolation trend is already going on. Now, for me, it's horrifying. But the question is, is you know, for another generation, if they prefer to live in isolation, yeah, it's scary for me and it's sad, but I see it really as an inevitability. And what's crazy here in China is that people didn't suddenly revolt. Teenagers weren't saying, yeah, let's just create our own underground club. Fuck the rules. Let's go out and have fun. They didn't do that. You know, people were, were much more critical about how the virus was being handled, but people were okay with staying at home. People were okay with not going to work. People were okay with ordering all their food in, in home or cooking at home. People seemed to be able to manage it. There wasn't a huge amount of unrest. There wasn't a huge amount of reactions to this as it were, for example, to Hong Kong, to other political issues. So it's kind of scary. But I think that this is just another example of how this direction will continue. It, I mean, we're not going to get less digital. I think the other fascinating thing is that simpler is better. So the technologies people are turning to are not more and more complicated. They're just using those simple, fast, easy, flowing technologies more and more. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Peloton works well, because it's so easy to use. You don't have to learn a new piece of software. You don't have complicated formulas to fill out. And most of the technologies that are taking off here and the delivery services that are working well are those same old classical services. So a Facebook or an Instagram or a Snap are just going to grow. So here, JD.com's the delivery online retailer for food and for most essentials is the biggest distributor of uh, food-related items, had a tremendous quarter. Their stock skyrocketed yesterday. So I don't, I don't see that stopping. You know, and also we're facing so much uncertainty in the world right now. It's wildfires, uh, one place, it's you've got coronavirus, it's political unrest. And so I, I can't help but think there's this this other trend that we're seeing online and that there's just, there's something there and, and people connecting. I, I don't know. And, and people kind of retreating in some capacity. Um, I don't think it's random. I think that there's certainly something about this moment that feels very uncertain. Yeah. But, but the cloud just goes there for you. You know, it says, <laughs> don't worry about it. You know, come to the Peloton discotheque. It's oh. cool, man. So it's all crazy out there, but Hey, stay at home. <laughs> you don't have to go out. You don't even have to, you know, you can engage in politics, just do it all digitally. Like you can do your sports, you can do everything. Why bother going outside? 
Right? Why even bother starting a physical relationship with one person when you could have hundreds of superficial digital relationships? I mean, this is the thing that shocked me when I first came to Asia was going out to a really cool, totally lit up disco with amazing DJs and some of the discos in Beijing or in Shanghai or in Tokyo have some amazing visual effects or, or in Seoul. And you see a table full of 20-somethings, super good-looking, you know, really well-dressed, anywhere from 8 to 12 of them all around a table with big bottles of alcohol, and they're all looking at their phones all the time. Mm. There's a really nice CJ going, nobody's dancing. So how far away is it from this? Did we just write a Black Mirror episode together, or are we living in one? <laughs> I, I, I think the crazy thing is that the Black Mirror episode is happening in slow motion, relatively speaking. Uh, so we're sliding into it. So this is the question, like, it, it's going to happen, right? We, we're going to get us into a situation where people are living more and more via social media, as if we already weren't. Right. Right? You know, there's all the joke about, oh, what happens if you lose your phone? What happens to your life? Yeah. And we joke about it. But should we really be joking about it? So the last chance to pull people back from this digital bubble is now. If we don't do it now, it's gone. Right? There's going to be a moment where you're going to go into a 100% digital state for a period of time because of a version of a corona or some kind of a disaster. And you're going to see. And if you like it, there is no reason for you to come back. The stigma is going to slowly disappear. From the guy who's currently living in digital bubble land, right? Right. But I was already here. I mean, that's the thing. When I go back to New York, there's a lot more yeah. interaction. Right? Sure. I don't have the same kind of initiative asking my friends to put the phone down or watching these people. So it is still a much more of a go out and enjoy thing. It, it's already slid into that direction. I just have a feeling that it's not going to stop. Do you feel like you're in the Matrix? Oh, yeah. 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 I think the thing is that the Matrix is there for everybody. It's just that are you in the Matrix 100% or 50%? You know, are you in the matrix four hours a day or eight hours a day. And everybody has their own matrix. So I think that's the thing too, this sort of belief that there's sort of one big matrix out there and we're all in it. Uh, everybody's got their own matrix. I wish a lot of the digital services knew me better and would stop sending me advertising or information that I had absolutely no interest in. So my matrix is, consists of my clients. It consists of the people that I love. It's my family. It's I build my matrix. And now that I'm in it more and more, I'm grooming it more. I'm kicking people out and information sources out, and apps out and putting other ones in because, hey, wait, this is my world now. So I'm taking a much better care of it, which is good and bad too, because what it does is I'm sort of creating a matrix that has less resistance, that has higher quality, which in turn then meets my needs more and pushes me further in. So I think the important part is at some point to just not turn it down, the volume of my matrix, but literally turn it off. And I think that's something that I'm beginning to realize and trying to do more and more. It's literally leave all the devices at home, go outside for a walk, have things happen to you in a random fashion because things in the digital world are controlled and they're controlled by you and they're repetitive and they're easy and they're comforting. And that's a problem. If I want to really challenge myself and see new things, if I want spontaneous things to happen, I got to go outside. Algorithms are not spontaneous. Hmm. My last question for you, um, Xander, uh, are you afraid? Oh, yeah, I'm afraid all the time. <laughs> I like fear. I mean, fear for me is really important. That's one of the things that I hate when I go back to the States is that people aren't really critical. You know, people don't want to be scared of things. People hate conflict. These are all really important things. So, yeah, I'm totally scared. 
I think the interesting thing about coronavirus is it reminds me that the most dangerous thing on the planet is other people. Uh, when I look at politics, either in China and the U.S., again, it's people. So I'm getting really scared of people. I get scared of what people are able to do. I get scared of what people are able to believe. I get scared of, of how quickly people are willing to do without things, as you had mentioned, like physical contact or sex. They're willing to give that up. For me, it's frightening. At the same time, the compassion and the warmth that I've experienced from people, and when I take good care of my digital networks, how many amazing conversations and experiences I can have. Just sitting down and carefully writing texts between another intelligent person that I know for a while, how good that can be, writing letters back and forth, basically, to friends, or hearing their voices, or talking more now to my mom, which I haven't done enough, and this isolation has allowed me to reach out more and do some of those things calmly and in an appropriate state of mind that I want is really, really hopeful. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is frightening. It, it is very, very scary to imagine a world where people just don't touch each other anymore. Mm. Um, well, I think it's a good way to end it. Maybe also a good reminder to call our parents or, or tell someone we love them. Uh, so thank you for yeah. that. And, um, and we'll be thinking about you. And uh, maybe I'll see you in a cloud club one day. Or maybe yes, in real life, so. hopefully in real life. <laughs> um, have a wonderful one and take care of yourself, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, guys, so if you're sitting at home and listening to this by yourself, I'm assuming you're feeling a little bit weird. That obviously gave uh, it gave me a lot to think about. I don't know about you, but I would love to hear from you. What do you want to hear more of? How did that make you feel? I'm trying out this new community number so you can text me, and I swear this actually goes directly to my phone. The number is 917-540-3410. So text me. And here's a personal request. If you like the show, uh, leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can follow me. I am at Lori Siegel on Twitter and Instagram. And the show is at First Contact Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find us. We're at First Contact Pod. First Contact is a production of Dot 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 Media, executive produced by Lori Siegel and Derek Dodge. And this episode was produced and edited by Sabine Jansen and Jack Regan. Original theme music by Xander Singh. First Contact with Lori Siegel is a production of Dot 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 Media and iHeartRadio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 